0: Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We will be broadcasting uh, from Hamilton City Hall tonight with our election coverage starting at 7 o'clock, an hour before the polls close. And uh, we'll be right with you until, uh, well, we know where all the races are going to be and who's going to be the mayor of this city. Uh, And that's a pretty interesting race. But let's uh, focus on election day, as we should be on a day like this. Uh, Municipal elections, uh, of course, always important, and uh, we have so many questions, and I'm not so sure we have so many answers about what's going on. We'll certainly get some of those after 8 o'clock tonight when the polls close, and as I mentioned, we'll be down there. Our CHML News team is uh, spread right across the city, uh, covering the key races, and across the bay as well. The Burlington race, especially the race for mayor in that city, we're told is very tight. Joining us at our CHML election desk uh, at Hamilton City Hall tonight will be John Best, who, of course, is the publisher of The Bay Observer, who has covered politics on both sides of the Bay for a long time. John uh, hops in here right now to give us a a preview of what we might expect today. John, uh, thanks. uh, Happy Election Day, and uh, thanks for joining us today.
1: Yeah, it's a wonderful day in the neighborhood, that's for sure.
0: Well, I guess the first question is, uh, given what has happened in past elections, I mean, four years ago, if we can go back that far, a federal election was a change election. Uh, the provincial election certainly was a change election here in Ontario back in the springtime, and even some of the municipal elections we've seen across the country, uh, including significantly the one in Vancouver over the uh, the weekend. Again, a change election; they have a new mayor there. Uh, do those winds of change blow through Hamilton and Burlington today?
1: Well, I, I think it. I think it is uh, going to be a change election. Now, it doesn't mean that uh, I'm not predicting the outcome. I'm just saying that. I think there is a, a strong mood for change uh, in Hamilton and uh, in Burlington uh, as well. And, you know, part of that uh, arises from the fact that we have vacancies on council, so we know we're going to have new faces. Uh,
0: in both councils.
1: In, in both councils, that's right. I mean, Burlington is actually uh, going to have probably half uh, of its council change, which is uh, pretty significant. But uh, we we have uh, four new faces for sure here in Hamilton, and and I think regardless of the outcome and regardless of the LRT issue, I think the new council I think is going to know that the public uh, was engaged and uh, we're looking for not looking for business as usual.
0: Yeah, and when we talk about change, I'm glad you made that clarification. I don't necessarily know if that means there's going to be changes in in the mayor's position in either one of these cities. But but certainly there's there's a mood for change and 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 it's unusual to see that I mean there's usually at this time of, of an election John we're talking about apathetic voters I'm not hearing a whole lot of apathy out there
1: no uh, uh, tremendous amount of engagement uh, I uh, uh, I know Vito's uh, group yesterday held a kind of a town hall pep rally uh, an electronic uh, telephone rally and uh, they were saying that at, at one point uh, there were 22,000 people participated listened in for part of it and and there were periods where there were up to 10,000 people on the line at one time uh, I guess that's replacing what we you know the old political rallies which people don't even stage them uh, much anymore because they're worried that there won't be a decent turnout but here's, uh, you know, t- 10,000 or 20,000. I mean, that's a huge number of people sitting on a Sunday afternoon with football going on and all sorts of stuff going on, uh, listening to a political conversation.
0: Yeah, it's an interesting change, I think, and an interesting dynamic in how campaigns are actually managed and run these days. Social media certainly plays a big part in that, but you don't see... Uh, the bombastic, uh, as you said, rallies, or, or maybe even as much of, of the advertising as you see. They seem to focus an awful lot on social media, and uh, I guess nothing beats the old-fashioned let's go door-to-door and talk to people.
1: Still works, uh, you know, uh, and even beyond that, uh, standing on a busy street corner with signs and waving is is still, still effective. Uh, people are driving along, and uh, traffic is bumper to bumper and you're you know so you have time to sort of uh... take it all in and and contemplate it but this this election in hamilton and to some degree in in burlington as well this is the most americanized election i can remember uh... where you know advertising where the opponent is named and you know, that's that very American style, and, you know, really sharply focusing on the issue, uh, uh, you know, a, a, a less nuanced uh, approach. It, it really felt like, a, you know, the kind of electioneering that, that we see uh, every night if we're watching uh, NBC News or something like that, and you see those local uh, congressional con- uh, commercials on the air and how, how blunt they are. And I guess that's uh, found its way to Hamilton.
0: Well, and, and frankly, on the other side, we know that the, the mayoral race in Burlington has been very controversial because of some of the uh, things that have been said and some of the things that have been distributed in that election. And, and you're right. I mean, we're Canadians, right? So, we, we, you know, we, we usually just say, you know, vote for me and here's my platform. Uh, but now it's taking a shot at the opposition and, and saying, look, don't just vote for me, but don't vote for me, that guy, because blah, 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 or that woman, whatever the case might be. It, it does take a personal tone.
1: Well, and uh, certainly, if if I can speak to my own uh, experience, uh, low those many years ago, uh, if you want to get elected uh, to council, um, you have to uh, just presenting a positive alternative to the incumbent uh, isn't going to work. You you have to make the incumbent the issue uh, if you're going to be successful, and that's that's the reality. And it's just in this election, it seems so much more. Uh, in-your-face kind of thing but i i think it's been effective in burlington it's it's a little different because they really to be honest they really don't have much in the way of media there uh... so uh... the social media take on a on a huge impact uh... in burlington and that's what we're seeing uh... you know right up until this week uh, we saw the uh... these posts that were going on uh... the social media or, uh, around Marianne Mead wards candidacy Uh, Some pretty nasty stuff, and very much un-Burlington-like, I thought.
0: There are some sub-stories here that we're going to probably cover through the course of the evening tonight. Obviously, Hamilton-Burlington is going to be our main focus. Uh, Alex Pearson is going to pop in and join us for a little while, of course, uh, covering the election in Toronto. Uh, I don't know that there's much of a controversy there about who the mayor is going to be. I think John Tory has a pretty significant lead there, but uh, Jennifer Keisman's run a pretty interesting campaign and and certainly presented an alternative. I don't know if it's enough there. Uh, But uh, another name from the past, John, will pop up tonight, Patrick Brown, who's uh, trying to make a political comeback. He's running for mayor in Brampton, and I hear he's got a pretty good shot at it.
1: Yes, uh, I saw yesterday that he had uh, he was predicting uh, or not predicting, but they were suggesting that he did have a slight lead in a poll there, and uh, that's kind of interesting because uh, the, the the mayor uh, Brenda Jeffries uh, was elected uh, four years ago on a reform ticket. Uh, they had had a lot of problems with. Uh, I don't know exactly what you'd call it, but there was a there was a sense that there was kind of a political corruption that crept into uh, municipal politics there, and that uh, not only council but staff, the whole place was kind of uh, needing a, a good airing out, and and so she was elected on that uh, ticket, and um, they went through one of the the biggest mass firings of staff that uh, one could imagine i think fifty people got tossed out so it was a huge investment in severance pay uh... all of that and then here we are four years later and the reformer is uh... in the fight of her life to to hang on to her job
0: interesting to see some of these uh... stories about others trying to make political comebacks and some as you mentioned trying to hang on to their jobs it all hinges john as we've always talked about about voter turnout uh, which is usually quite low. I mean, there have been some anomalies to that in the last little while, but uh, it's it's always, uh, I think, a very strong point of concern for everybody who covers these municipal elections especially. Uh, but oftentimes when we've seen a spike, such as it is with, with voter turnout, it's because there's been a wedge issue, a ballot box issue. And I think both Hamilton and Burlington have those issues this time around.
1: They do indeed. Uh, certainly in Hamilton, we, I believe the... Uh uh The advance poll was up almost nineteen percent from last time, if that were to translate into the the actual vote uh in in uh today we'd be looking at a turnout getting closer to forty percent than the thirty four percent we had last time and uh with the race that's going on in Burlington, if people aren't engaged there uh i, I don't know what it would take to get them energized because uh, they have a they have a real race going on. They've got new faces. Um, they've got a a really uh, interesting Merrillty race, uh, where again Rick Goldring is uh, appears to be in the fight of his life to to hang on to that job. Um, you know he's sort of been accused of, uh, of you know allowing rampant development. I'm I'm not sure that the charge is completely fair, to be honest. But uh, he's wearing it.
0: It, that's a three-team race, too. A three-person race, rather. I, I know that you and I talked last week. We haven't heard a whole lot about Mike Wallace, who's a former city council and former MP for that area. Uh, but And I haven't seen any polling data from Burlington, although I have talked to some folks that are keeping an eye on that. And they, they tell me that three-way race is a lot closer than a lot of people think.
1: Well, I think so, because uh, the, the thing with Burlington is the, the, the Burlington that most of us are familiar with is essentially downtown Burlington. So it's uh, in Burlington uh, parlance, that's Wards 1 and Ward 2. Ward 2 being the downtown ward, that's uh, Marianne Mead Ward's current, uh, where where she serves as a councillor. So you'll you see tremendous visibility for her campaign in Ward 2. Uh, and, and if you try to extrapolate that, I'm not sure it works, uh, especially with Burlington. There's that whole vast part of Burlington that's north of the QEW that's more toronto oriented and and who knows what people are thinking up in that area? Uh, that's not the part of Burlington that most of us drive through, and uh, th- you know there may be a, t- a totally different picture going on in those northern wards, which are uh, also very densely populated with subdivisions
0: well exactly, and and again, I think it's the same general issue from what I've heard, and, and that of course, is how are we going to grow? Uh, and there's some concerns, but obviously it's a different approach uh, north of the QEW than it is in the older part of the town and the downtown areas. And I think I think we all know what the, the the ballot box issue is on this side of the bay.
1: Yeah, and and with that growth issue in Burlington, uh, you know, those of us that have been around for a while, well, it, it it isn't just the provincial government's places to grow policies that have created all this high rise uh, uh, fervor in in Burlington. Uh, successive Burlington councils going back into the 80s uh, made a conscious decision that they were going to uh, put hard boundaries on the city and they weren't going to be sprawling up into the north, and, and so that's why there's virtually nothing north of Dundas Street. And, uh, you know, it, it wasn't just the provincial government's more recent intervention. Uh, th- this has been coming for a long time in Burlington.
0: Well, and and that's going to be the issue, obviously, and how they're going to manage that and how they're going to address some of the concerns, uh, not just in the downtown area, but even, as you say, north of the QEW as well. Uh, What about LRT? We've got a couple of minutes left here, and I I know I don't want to get into the pros and cons on this. As I mentioned in my commentary earlier this morning, I'm getting tired of hearing it, too. Let's just, you know, put this thing to bed one way or another. But uh, is it going to drive people to the ballot box today?
1: I think it will uh I really do I think the advanced polls suggest there's greater interest and uh usually that translates into the into the main vote uh you know a nineteen percent uh increase in turnout i i think it's indicated i I certainly think the uh the campaign uh that Vito Scrow has uh run uh, has made the issue as plain as any issue I can think of uh has ever been made. Uh, Some may argue that, you know, that it was a a one-issue campaign, but uh, uh, I think Vito uh, said yesterday uh, that it it is a one-issue campaign in the sense that uh, so many of the other issues like housing and and just the overall infrastructure hinge on the decision that's made around LRT. But, you know, if, if this campaign hasn't polarized people on the LRT issue, then nothing will. It's it's the most, uh, I've, I've never seen, even the Red Hill debate in the stadium, uh, n- neither uh, it carried the same kind of explicit sort of messaging that this LRT debate has.
0: I've got a minute left here. Uh, let's talk about endorsements, dueling endorsements, and, and I noticed that on social media over the weekend from the two main contenders, both Fred Eisenberger and Vito Scrooge. Do they really matter? I mean, does that really switch somebody's vote to say, well, so-and-so's endorsing them, so I guess that means I will?
1: I, I don't think it would make uh, a, a vote switch take place, but what it does do, I think, is energize your supporters. So if if this race is about um, who can get their vote out, uh, and, and the last poll we saw suggested it was a very close race, uh, where you know, vote, voter turnout and getting out your vote is, is so important, then I think the endorsements energize your, your base. And uh, to that, you know, they, they create a, a bit of a sense of momentum um, and make people more likely to go out and vote for the candidate that, that they were probably going to vote for anyway. So in that regard, it helps. But to actually change a mind, I don't think so.
0: It's going to be an interesting night tonight, isn't it? Sure is. Uh, And by the way, because of the way votes are counted in in municipal elections here in Hamilton, we'll get the results pretty quickly. We'll be at City Hall. Uh, The winners will be there. Some of the losers may pop in from time to time, and we'll talk with all of them. John, look forward to working with you tonight. Yeah, it should be an interesting evening, Bill. You bet. John Best, uh, publisher of the Bay Observer. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900-CHML.